You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown, Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. All right, welcome back, Raider Nation. It is time for Silver and Black today, the post post game edition. Not a happy post game if you're a member of Raider Nation. The Raiders lose 24-19 in Los Angeles to the Chargers in a game that was full of some real bright spots and some not so bright spots, but we'll go through all of that here in a second. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please do me a favor and do that if you would. If you're listening to us on the audio side on the Odyssey Podcast Network, go ahead and check us out there. Uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. On YouTube, just hit the notification button along with the subscribe button and uh, you'll be informed anytime we go live. Now, joining me for the post-game show to talk all about it, get the instant reaction, of course, our normal post-game voice of the fan, and that, of course, is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. And also joining us tonight is our good friend, and show is familiar, obviously he's been on the show a bunch, that is Evan Grote of Just Pod Baby as well. So he is back. Guys, um, not the way Raider Nation wanted to start the McDaniels era, but saw some real bright stuff out there, some concerns as well. But let's, as we always do, Murph, we're going to go to you for your instant reaction. We're going to start with the positives. What did we see? What did we like? What encouraged you even in this tough loss down in Los Angeles? Well, Scott, since I am the voice of the fan and, and Raider fan equals rational thinking, uh, <laughs> I will offer up this for you. Yeah, the football is dumb. It's a baby's game and our season's over. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's tough not to be discouraged by the th- way this thing went down, but I will say this, uh, there were a ton of mistakes tonight. We saw pre-snap penalties going on, which we hadn't seen all preseason. We saw Derek turn the ball over three times, which we hadn't seen happen all preseason. We got gashed defensively a bunch of times. Um, so despite all of that, it was a five point game. So on the road and uh, which I know is a home game for us and, and shout out and much respect to Raider nation that showed up in full force at, at SoFi and uh, you know, the Raider nation always holds it down so amazingly in, in, in Southern California. Uh, so much respect to all of you, but anyways, but so despite all that, we came away with a, with a, with a five point loss. I mean, it's hard not to, again, it's hard not to be discouraged, but I think Raider nation, if we, just got to remember, it's early in the year. Like, it's one game. It's really the season isn't over yet. I know it's a division rival and all the stuff that went along with it, and it just makes all the people, all the detractors of the Raiders and all the people that overhyped the Chargers every offseason, it just <laughs> makes them right. But keep the faith, man. This thing ain't over yet. we got a long way to go. I love how even in defeat against the Chargers, you get in those days. De- those so, and you do them so well, Murph. It's, it's, it's perfect. I know Raider Nation appreciates it. Evan, now I know you said on Twitter right before the show that you want Josh McDaniels fired. You want Dave Ziegler fired. I'm just kidding. Um, but Evan, you know, you look at this game and uh, I picked the Raiders to win the game, actually. I thought they would go down there. Uh, but let's start uh, with the positives. I mean, Nate Hobbs, some of that defensive backfield at times, there was some times where they were out of sync. But overall, I thought they pr- played really well. Nate Hobbs did play well. Yes, they held the, Ra- the excuse me, the Chargers to 24 points. 
And of course, there was a big first half there and the one score in the second half. But overall, I think they did pretty well. The rest of the defense we'll talk about in a moment. But what did you see overall that gave you encouragement uh, for this season and for this Raiders team? Well, you mentioned Nate Hobbs. He, he obviously was a standout in this game, uh, showing up not only uh, in coverage, but also showing up in run support. You got to love seeing that. Your, your cornerback's willing to come up and, and get physical at the line of scr- uh, scrimmage, making tackles. But, you know, the other obvious one has to be Devontae Adams. I mean, it, as good as advertised, the connection is clearly there with, with him and Derek Carr. Ten receptions, 141 yards, and a touchdown. So, uh, that was like the big positive takeaway for me was Devontae Adams. I, I hope to see that continue. I got him on my fantasy team, so uh, I have no problem with him getting 17 targets. But uh, I would like to see you know Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller get more involved. But for today, it was the Devontae Adams show. And again, as good as advertised, that connection looks looks real good right now early on in the season. Right. And I'm, I'm uh, looking to the side here if you're watching YouTube live or if you're with us on Twitch or Twitter live as well. And just looking at the stats, Devontae Adams, 17 targets, as you mentioned, 10 receptions, 141 yards. Uh, Murph, Devontae Adams is everything and more that Raider Nation thought he would be, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty incredible. And, and you know, that was it was definitely uh, exciting to watch. It was exciting to see the connection between him and Derek. Um, not to be negative Nancy here, but just to let's, but let's throw it out there though, too. Didn't we, well, I'll say, didn't we, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to assume for everybody else. I felt Derek was forcing the ball a little bit there though, too. Mm. It felt like there were some looks, especially that one, that one deep into the end zone. Like, and he kind of underthrew him anyways. Like Derek was just, yeah. look, I'm going to, I'm not going to pile on Derek Carr. Uh, I think it was clear. He'd want this game back. No one wants this game back more than Derek Carr Raider nation. So I think well, let's avoid piling on the guy. I think we have a good quarterback. Um, but as far as that connection that goes with, with, with Devontae Adams, it felt like it was he was pushing it a little bit too much because he wanted to show off that connection, um, which is kind of understandable, I guess. But um, but yeah, but Devontae's the real deal, man. That was, I'm trying to remember the one was one play where he made a he made he made a nice um, run after the catch where he kind of darted inside and yeah, avoided a tackle and spun away from another one and like yes. just and like you see those kinds of moves and that and that kind of uh, you know athleticism and electricity on the field like it's. It's going to be awesome. I mean, you look at numbers wise. I mean, dude had a freaking baller day, right? So, a lot to be look look forward to there. Yeah, another bright spot, Evan. I think too was even though uh, they went away from him for a while, was Josh Jacobs ten rushes, fifty seven yards, including a long of eighteen. And then you look him in the passing game; he had a nice sixteen yard reception as well. Josh Jacobs looked good when he had the opportunity. Clearly, the Raiders part of their game plan. Mo and I talked about it on Thursday on the show was, listen, you got to run that. You got to establish that run so that you can open it up a little bit, especially with that Chargers defensive front and how they've gotten better. So, so you look at that and you look at Josh Jacobs did well. Uh, They just didn't get to use him as much, I think, because they had to go obviously, especially towards the end of the game. uh, Although he had some nice runs there too. They had to go to the pass and try to catch up because they were playing catch up. Uh, But what'd you think of Josh Jacobs tonight? First of all, Scott, can you hear me? I can hear you. I I lost her. You can hear me? Okay. Yeah. I was having some audio issues there. I was trying to uh, fiddle around with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think they only had um, like 15 to 17 carries total in the game. Josh Jacobs had 13 of those carries. Uh, for oh, Excuse me. I have it right here. 13 carries total as a team for 64 yards. So did not get it done on the run game. I was texting you throughout the first half of this game that the, the run game was, was non-existent. And I was a bit surprised to see that actually, because we know how, how poor the, the Chargers run defenses uh, was a year ago near the bottom of the league. And I know that Josh McDaniels 
you know, establishing the run game is a big part of what he wants to do on offense. So, yeah, I definitely think that's an area where they're going to have to improve here in the future is get that run game more involved. We didn't see anything from Zumir White uh, as well. So I'd like to see him get involved a little bit more here in the future. But, yeah, the run game was a major disappointment for me. Murph, uh, you look at this game too. Darren Waller took a while for them to get him involved, i.e., the, the the connection between Carr and Adams early. But then he does. He gets uh, seventy nine yards. Looks like he just you know played last week. Uh, he he is back and he's got his contract. Everything is good and he looked everything like we expected him to be too. He's so important to this office, even with Devonte Adams. It would have been great, I thought, if they could have somehow got him earlier. Uh, involved in the game, but it's encouraging to see him go out there and ball out like we know he can. Yeah, much like 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 Evan was just talking about with the with the performance that Josh Jacobs had today, which I th- I agree, I, th- I thought it was awesome, and I, I was surprised they didn't stick with that more. Like they were moving the ball with Jacobs, and then all of a sudden we run like a double reverse flea flicker Derek Carr lead block thing. I'm like, what the what, like what is that? Like, but anyways. But point being, though, is that, like, it took for the second half, it felt like, for them to kind of come around and start spreading the ball around. And Waller was such a huge part of that. And he was he was electric, man. He was, it was the Darren Waller that we've all come, to, you know, to expect. And, and, and I would say this to Raider Nation out there, like, those of you that were kind of hating on Waller at the end of last year, he was hurt, man. Like, and so give the guy a break. And, like, clearly when he's healthy, he's one of the most dynamic, if not the best tight end in all of football. He certainly got paid like he is one. And so let's, you know, like – I hope that you were, you know, if you were critical of him and, and the ones that were out there going like, oh, he's going to be traded. No, he's not. <laughs> he's such a huge part of this offense, and he's going to freaking light it up out there. And it's just a yeah. matter of – I'm hoping that this the, – the lack of targets for the other guys that weren't named Devontae Adams, I'm hoping that that's just a settle-down period. I mean, it's, again, it's unfortunate we had to settle down against the Chargers, but – Hopefully, I mean, we're going to go up against the Cardinals next week who got absolutely throttled today. So yeah. hopefully we'll get, we get business back on track next week. You know, I no think doubt. there's one thing we need to keep it. We need to keep in mind here. If you don't mind me interrupting yeah. here for a second, you know, the chargers are a really good team. You know, they're, they're, yes, the Raiders didn't play a clean football game. And that has been a major emphasis that we've heard from Josh McDaniels coming out of training campus. You know, they want to play clean football, uh, uh, limit the turnovers, limit the penalties. And, you know, we did not see that happen today. Murph said it, it was a five-point game despite the turnovers. So, and, and they opened against a darn good team, the Chargers. So, yes, disappointing outcome, but still a lot to take away, you know, on the positive note uh, for this game. No, no question about that. And I think that that's the one thing. And, and I know I'm watching the chat on YouTube. And of course, everybody wants to talk about, except for the spam that I'm also getting. Um, the, the, I'm like getting boss in your chat, man. I'm oh, yeah, I know. You. Gotta love that. Um, but <clears throat> everybody wants to talk about the bad things that happen, the negative things that happen. And we'll get to some of those, obviously, where there's needs uh, for improvement on this team through one game. But again, remember one game. I'm seeing so many people get emotional. And hey, you're a fan, so I get it. But getting emotional and thinking that this is going to be a terrible year and saying all kinds of crazy stuff, um, I don't think it's fair. I look, I mean, especially around the Derek Carr thing. Listen, the offensive line, here's my concern, Murph, and I want to get your point of view on this. Um, You know, they started rotating. I think they rotated six or eight times that I counted at the right tackle, right guard between Illuminor, between Parham, the rookie. Cotton was out there. So you see that that's not a good look in your first game. And not only that, but it didn't hold up. Colton Miller, I saw comments about that. Colton Miller, 
they're saying, oh, he had a crappy game. You know what? He had a tough game. There's no question. He's a very, very good left tackle, but he was playing against a very, very good defensive front, Joey Bosa. You know, this Charger team, like, like, uh, Mo, or excuse me, like Evan said, uh, is no slouch. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl champion or like anything like that, but you also have to remember when you're playing against a guy who's good, sometimes you don't get the best out of yourself. And so that can happen too. So you had a little bit of a perfect storm there. But what did you think? How, that offensive line, everybody was worried about it, and they didn't exactly put our, our worries uh, to bed. No, it was, you know, there's certainly, look, there's a concern there, man. And I think it was Miller that got beat on the sack at the end of the game. And speaking of that too, like, Khalil Mack's still a closer. Like, that's, I mean, that's when, when we lost him. And I understand why John Gruden chose to trade him. I get it, you know, with, with the amount of money that the Bears paid him and the amount of compensation they got in return. Didn't do much with that compensation, but the, that's neither here nor there. But in terms of, like, the deal, it made sense. But, man, that hurt because because he was our closer. He was the guy to get the sack on third down, just like we saw tonight. He's the guy that picked off Cam Newton and ran into the end zone to seal a Raiders victory. And so we saw that closer show up. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. we didn't see Chandler Jones show up as a closer today, um, which when we get to the negatives of the thing, that's one of the things I want to talk about. But, anyways, you asked about the offensive line. I, I think it was it's it's concerning because we all knew it was going to be concerning. But even that said, and I'm not trying to like put lipstick on the pig here, but Derek threw three picks with a clean pocket. Like, mm. and I'm not trying to put on Derek either. But I, what I am saying is this Raider Nation. I don't, and I know it was six sacks. I know that that's a lot of. I know that it was a, a, the offensive line was clearly beat and dominated in this game. At, uh, but we also considering all of that, we were still in it. So like. Right. If we're a if we're a tweak or a coaching point or an, a free agent acquisition away from shoring this thing up even a little bit, I, I, and we're playing against one of the best teams in the in the in the conference, according to everyone, <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? Like I can't believe that it's it, it's that we're not close. Like I feel yeah. like, despite all the crap, I feel like we're close. And I, even that offensive line, I feel like we're close. It's Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. You're talking about two potential Hall of Famers here lining up on the corners. Like, it's not like we were going up against me and Evan. You know what I mean? Like, you're talking about (laughs) absolute studs out there. So, I mean, let's not totally freak out and overreact. No, no, and I agree. And you brought up a point there, too, about the clean pockets on the interceptions. And that's what I was making the point earlier. I was getting a lot of folks on Twitter saying because he hasn't practiced and or hasn't been in a preseason game, because he hasn't um, been in the system Yes, there's definitely some lack of comfort there. I could see it. Evan, I know we talked about before we went on the air, you seeing it as well with Derek in that pocket. And that's totally fine. You expect that. In fact, both sides of the ball, you expect some uh-ohs because it's the first time in game action, real game action, that they're experiencing. So you can forgive that and you look past that. Some of that on the offensive line as well. Uh, but to your point about the the long ball to Adams, again, just to say it was underthrown. It's not a big deal. You just move past it and you figure that out. Where there is issues with familiarity with the system, that's fine. But when it comes to that other side of the performance, it's no big deal. Evan, that offensive line for you, um, I don't think it's good. Look, you, could, you have rotation sometimes depending on what's going on with personnel. But to have that many rotations in one game and to see that right side get beat quite a bit, and then to add today the left side not doing as well as it usually does, uh, that certainly spelled some disaster, especially for that Raiders running game. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. As I was seeing those rotations happen, it was both happening at right tackle and right guard. And I was thinking about how sometimes in college football, you'll see a coach rotate quarterbacks. And when that happens, Mm -hmm. you'll often hear the saying, 
if you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have one quarterback, right? Because you can't, <laughs> if you can't find the one, you just keep rotating, rotating the two. And that kind of is what the, the, the situation here is at right tackle and right guard for the Raiders. They don't really have one. So they're just continuing to rotate guys, play the hot hand like they would see at the running back position sometimes in a committee. I'm not so sure I like that philosophy. I'd like to see them let one guy try to settle in there, get comfortable and, and earn the job. If he's playing horribly, okay, sit him down. But I, I'm not a big fan of this rotating at the offensive line position. I just I think it's a position that you need to get comfortable, get into the flow of the game, the speed of the game. So I'm hoping that maybe they'll they'll move away from that that philosophy. And and you know what? You have a veteran quarterback in Derek Carr. And I know he can roll with the punches. He's been through so much in his career with the Raiders. At the same time, though, I don't know if I would be as comfortable where I'm looking down and every other series I got different guys on my right side there. You know, I'm just saying again, and I was telling people no excuses. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying it's not a good situation. And the Raiders, I think they'll address it. Listen, you know, they've been through one game now. They've seen uh, these guys are smart. They're going to go back. They're going to take a look at the film and say, okay, what do we do to get better now? Uh, and if that means bringing in another player, then I think they'll do it. Real quick, guys, before we take a quick break here, what's remarkable, too, and I, and I tweeted this out during the end of the game, which is if you look at the stats, if you look at the stats for this game, the team stats, you would have thought that this was a one-point game. And it was a close game. Like you said, Murph, it's a one-score game. But if you look at what the Raiders did there, if it wasn't for the only number that sticks out is the turnovers. So you take away the turnovers in this game, and you could have had a much different result, right? And so I think that that's something that you have to look at as Raider fans. I know you're not happy right now, and I don't blame you because I know how Raider Nation gets when they don't win. But at the same time, as you said, Murph, I thought you said it perfectly. Not that far away. They got to just tweak some things here, get comfortable with it, and get ready. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you look at that first possession, right, and one of the things we saw McDaniels get so pissed off about in the preseason was when the Raiders didn't push it into the end zone when they're in the red zone. That was the first thing that we did on that first move. We kicked a field goal, and Daniel Carlson is lights out, and, and, you know, if there's one guy that sang the praises of the freaking special teams around here, it's me, not on in terms of the kicking game between Trent Sig, A.J. Cole, and, and Daniel Carlson. It, it, I just I, I think those guys are studs. And so it's great to see the, that Carlson's clutch, but we don't want to see him be clutch. I want to see Derek throw it to freaking Mac Hollins in the red zone, right? Like the rest <laughs> of us. And if that's the case, then you're right. It is a one point game to the to the exact number. So you know, and the Raiders would cover. By the way, thanks Raiders for that. I didn't lose twice today. Um, <laughs> shut up, Bet MGM Sportsbook. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, it just you know, it, we, it was it was it was very very close. And I, and I got to think again that those are the kind of things that they're they're good. Like you just said it perfectly too. They're going to view the film. They're going to mm -hmm. make changes. These guys are too freaking smart. Guess what, Raider Nation? They're smarter than we are because guess what? <laughs> they won Super Bowls and they do this for a living. You and I sell tires and drive Ubers. We They know more than we do. So, like, let the football guys do the football stuff. Have faith. Root for the Raiders that are, not the Raiders that aren't. And I, I promise you everything's going to be fine. They're going to get this thing figured out. They will. I, I, fir I firmly believe that. All right, we're going to just take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of more of what we saw as well, some of the other concerns I have, including on defense uh, and some other questions on the offense. Uh, you're listening to Silver and Black today. You're with Scott, you're with Murph, and you're with Evan. This is our post-game show. Raiders drop the first game of the season to the Chargers 24-19. to Don't go anywhere. We're right back. 
All right, here we are. We're back. Silver and Black today, our live post-game show. If you're joining us on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you are, Facebook, uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, and I'm sorry the Raiders didn't win. Yes, Sunday night uh, after the Raiders lose is not good for everybody, but there's always next week. It is only week one, Raider Nation. Don't jump off it. You won't because you guys are Raider Nation for life, so I know you won't. But we're here to talk about the game. Scott Branson, Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, and Evan from Just Pod Baby are here. And uh, we talked about Derek Carr already, so we're gonna, we'll are gonna we skip over that. We, we I'll get to some... YouTube uh, questions here in a second. But guys, the defense on the other side of the ball, we talked about the defensive backs being a positive for the most part in the game. Uh, but the defensive line, uh, Bilal Nichols had a nice play against the run early on. I thought that was very encouraging. But then uh, we didn't see a lot of pass rush. Max Crosby did his thing a couple times, but they sort of neutralized him. Chandler Jones was on the side of a milk cart. Nobody knew where he was. Again, just one game. I'm not overcritical about it. I'm not overly worried about it. Uh, they did not get a push up front. Di- Divine Diablo had a pretty good game overall as well. And uh, Perryman as well, too, out there doing his thing. But uh, Murph, that defensive front and the lack of ability to maybe to get some consistent pass rush on Justin Herbert didn't help. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, not at all. And and so, you know, we, we stopped them on that fourth and one, which was nice. And, and you mm-hmm. mentioned Max. And I think, if, you know, if you, if you had to pick anybody that's the MVP of that, of that front seven, it would be him. Um, you know, he flashed quite a bit and, and you know, showed why we paid him 98.98 this, this offseason. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty discouraging, man, that we, we figured, you know, there was critics of Chandler Jones that said, well, he only had 10 sacks last season and five came against Taylor Lewan in week one. Um, you know what I mean? So, so if you look at the other 16 games that he played and he only came up with five sacks, but I expected to just see him more on the ball. You know what I mean? And I think it was only like one or two plays where we saw 55 flash and what was up with, and, and again, 
I'm going to trust the football guys, but my fan brain and my fan eyes see number 99 rushing in off the corner. Isn't Didn't we decline his fifth-year option? And isn't he like <laughs> one of the guys that we decided wasn't going to be part of this team and was like a big draft bust? Didn't we figure that out? And then yeah. now all of a sudden he's freaking standing up and rushing like he's gosh darn Ted Hendricks. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, so I don't, I, I don't understand that. And so yeah. I don't know. Someone could maybe explain it to me. Maybe a film guy. Where, where's, where, where, where's Mo? Like, come on, Mo. Tell yeah, me why that? Pearl, that should Farrell, not Furl, should, why is he on the field? Kill him. He's, he's absolutely correct. In fact, I texted Scott during the game and I said, is it just me or is Cleveland Farrell playing a lot of snaps today? I was not expecting that. I agree with you, Murph. And uh, I was hoping to see a little bit more Malcolm Koontz. We did see from him a bit in the second half. But uh, yeah, you know, to, to kind of echo some of the thoughts that Scott was mentioning there. Big disappointment for me has to be Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. They got paid a lot of money this offseason, and at least after one game, you didn't get that kind of impact you'd like to see from some of those high-paid guys. It was a marquee matchup. I was looking forward to seeing the combination of Jones and, and, and Crosby go up against Mac and Bosa. Clearly, Mac and Bosa were the better combo in this game. You hope to see uh, Crosby and, and Chandler Jones make a bigger impact on, on future games here. But, yeah, it was disappointing to see um, them just do so little in this game. And that's it. They were close though. I mean, there were times when they would get in, it was just tough finishing. And and again, I think that goes back to getting, and I talked about it with Mo during the entire off season guys, which was getting that push up the middle, not just being good up the middle for the run, but being able to occupy the offensive line enough that you free up your edge guys, because listen, you can, you can push down and double down on max or Chandler Jones on the other side, uh, if you're not getting a push in the middle, and guess what? You just neutralize them. And I thought I saw a little bit of that tonight. At times, the Raiders did make some push up the middle. Don't get me wrong, especially early in the game. But, Murph, if you don't get that all the way, good play all the way across the line, then you're going to able to double team those guys and and really cut down on their effectiveness. Yeah, and you, as soon as you neutralize those guys, you neutralize that pass rush, then what yeah. happens? You get receivers running open downfield, and we see that, you know, like, I mean, gosh, and if I hear another Herbert compliment, I mean, oh, my gosh, it's just absolutely disgusting how sappy the freaking media is and the announcers and everybody about Justin Herbert. Um, (laughs) But anyways, but so but like you you give him the ability to work outside the pocket and find receivers downfield. And this is in a game where Keelan Allen isn't even barely playing because he got hurt early on. So, like, you know, you can only cover for so long. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I'm with you. It's like I feel like we need to have a little more uh, diversity in our pass rush, and, the, and they kind of ramped it up a little bit. We started blitzing a little bit, and they started getting a little more active on the line of scrimmage. I love John Abram today. I'm going to ride mm-hmm. that. Freaking, uh, speaking of guys, we didn't pick up their 50-year option. I'm riding my John Abram fandom until he's not wearing number 24 <laughs> and in silver and black. I have faith that guy is still going to ball out for us And we because every game you see flashes. There was the one play where he – I forget who it was that he hit – Almost knocked the ball. See, here's the thing, though. Almost, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades. It was He allowed the first down, but he made a big hit and almost knocked the ball loose. And it was like almost like a huge electrifying play and yeah. just didn't come up with it. But anyways, but like without that lack of a, with that lack of a pass rush, we don't allow for those things to happen in the secondary. We don't allow for Deron Harmon. We don't allow for those guys to really work and do what they do to ball hawk and whatever else. So because we got to force throws and, and we didn't force any throws today. We just let Justin Herbert kind of sit back there and, do what everybody says he does so worldly wonderfully. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Murph. Uh, I can't and stand yeah, well, that guy. Why do we overhype the Chargers every single year? I don't understand it. Uh, Somebody- I'll give you the. I'll give you. I'll tell you exactly why. You ready for this? And it's Please. all about the three letters NFL. They're in Los Angeles. They're based in LA with the the network. 
It's an LA market thing, even though most people, as you saw from all the pictures of the tailgate today at SoFi and, and you heard the crowd when the Raiders did well, there's not very many Charger fans, but the NFL is invested in LA. And so they're investing their media and everybody's hyping up the big media market guys. I, I really believe that's it. Now, listen, I do think he's a good quarterback. But again, you got to accomplish something to get my adulation, especially the media getting all this massive adulation over over what he hasn't done yet uh, and what he could possibly do. Well, if you could do that for everybody, we could talk about millions of guys who never made it uh, and look good and had potential. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Evan, you, you, we talked about uh, uh, Jonathan Abram in the past. Uh, Trayvon Morrig, unfortunately, we heard was injured in this game as well, and he went out, as was DJ Turner, so we didn't see him as well. Some of the guys, the Raiders went into this game completely healthy, but we did not see him. Malcolm Kuntz was injured a little bit during practice last week, was listed as a full participant uh, in the last day before the game, but we didn't see him either. When you look at that defense, to me, it really was a back-and-forth affair. Early in the game, I thought they looked really slow and a step behind, but I think that was, as many of you guys are commenting on, that was uh, the system and just getting used to game speed. And then they kind of picked it up, and yeah, they had their moments where they might have dropped the ball a few times. But overall, um, that's to be expected, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys didn't play in the preseason. I don't want to make excuses for them, but yeah, I mean, um, I, I think they tightened things up a bit in the second half. They only gave out 24 points, and that's, that's. I mean, in, in the NFL against a top-five offense from a year ago, that's, that's not too bad. I'm going to continue to say this until it's not the issue. Today, the pass rush was not good enough. This That is, that defensive line and those edge rushers are the strength of this defense, and if they're not making impact plays, it's going to be very difficult for the back end players on the back end, especially when you got a couple guys getting banged up and and leaving the game. So, you know, I, I thought they they did what they could do, uh, but just clearly not enough today. You mentioned Jonathan Abram. I agree with Murph. I thought he he played well today. I don't. He didn't really do anything that stood out, but he also didn't do anything that hurt the team drastically. And those are some of the things that we saw from him last year. If he can clean those those types of plays up this year and just not be a liability out there, I think he can be a contributor uh, on this defense. So he's off to a good start. I do I do agree with Murph. All right, we talked about some of the players that uh, shined and perhaps struggled a little bit uh, this week in the loss to the Chargers. What about the coaching guys? So Josh McDaniels, the play calling, I my opinion of it overall was very good. I thought they couldn't go to the run because of the offensive line issues uh, and then down in distance a couple times and then score. But overall, I mean, there was some head scratchers where I'm like, why are you calling that play? Brandon Bolden was a lot more active than I thought he would be. Uh, and and that was that was kind of interesting, especially in the passing game. But Murph, what did you think overall? Josh McDaniels, you know, his first head coaching uh, game in quite some time out there again, did so well in the preseason, I thought. What was your overall take on the coaching on the offense and the defense? I'll kind of so offensively kind of go back to the point about, you know, it it was I was surprised that they didn't keep with the run game more. When the running game was productive early on, they didn't stick with Jacobs. And I hope that that's mm. I'd like to think that there's not some crazy thing about like, well, we don't you know, we don't want him to play good because or whatever. We want to reduce his <laughs> or limit his carries because we don't want to pay him or whatever. I I don't buy into those kind of goofy fan theories. Um, but I, it is surprising to me. And again, I mentioned earlier in the show, like when you're running the ball well, and then all of a sudden they do some like really weird 
trick play kind of thing. And, you know, every, it, it, things are great when they work, and then when they don't, then it's easy to criticize them. So I'm not going to totally pile on. But I just thought that was a really odd timing for that. Like, we had the ball moving downfield, like things were going good, and then all of a sudden it's second and 20. It was like, whoa, what happened, what happened there? So that was interesting. So I, I would have liked to have seen more spread the ball around early on. Like, you've got all this money invested into this offense. Let's use let's use all these all these all these players. Let's use Renfro way before a third and six. Like let's start going to him earlier. Like let's move the ball around. So that was interesting. The and then de- defensively, um, you know we're all big fans of Patrick Graham and we're all big fans about the idea of like the versatile defense and like not playing a fork theory or playing a whatever whatever and just playing the matchups, playing the matchups. But then when you see Divine Diablo deep in coverage on cover three, time after time, and then get beat deep, I'm like. All right, like you know, like it just <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's like the Tampa two thing or whatever. Again, uh, my my uh, my exposure to play calling is Madden, so so pardon me, those of you that are well educated <laughs> on this stuff. Well, like when your middle linebacker is dropping deeper, your linebacker is dropping way deep into coverage like that. It's some sort of like cover two with a deep drop linebacker or a cover three, right? Because he's got the middle of the field. Well, he can't take on wide receivers. I'm sorry, like that. I know that may be like uh, you know the scheme for the thing, but if you're playing matchups, well, then why do we have linebackers on wide receivers? like and so because that allows for completions right so like i thought that was a little bit curious and then then and again and i and i just don't know if i don't i don't want to base like one game's you know uh one game's performance on a judgment Mm -hmm. of graham but we heard about all this idea about matchups matchups and taking advantage doing all this stuff i didn't see a lot of moving around like we didn't see a lot of like good like like the freaking chargers were doing where max on one side and then he's on the other and then like even think think back to like um you know, when, when we had, um, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a brain fart. Who was our defensive coordinator? Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley. Thank you. We were, we were stacking up guys where we had like, we had like guys on the same side of, of the, of the defensive line, like trying to like, to take up, right. We had, we had, um, uh, Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crop, like they were lined up next to each other. He would put Farrell inside and, mm-hmm. and like have them stack up to take on blockers and like, like those kind of creative things. And I know no one was a fan of Gus Bradley's cover three, but point being though, is that, I didn't again. I didn't. I need to go back and watch the game, but it seemed like there was not. It was a little bit overhyped that idea of like, oh, we're going to do all this crazy stuff and take advantage of all these matchups, and it just didn't seem like we did. Yeah, Evan, what do you think of that? I I, I noticed it too because that was one of the deals that we heard is that his his defense can be complex because he moves it around and you have to get used to it. A little bit easier to digest in many ways than Gus Bradley's or, you know, God forbid, Paul Gunther's defense. But uh, I, I was nice. shocked by that, too. I didn't see them. <laughs> I didn't see them move. We knew the, the the Chargers were weak on the right side of their offensive line with Pipkin over there. And I didn't see them really attack him except for a couple times. And it actually worked those couple times. Did you did you notice it as well? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, we, we've heard all about his creativity and, and you know, Murph said it perfectly. It seemed a little vanilla to me today. Um, I was expecting a little bit more from him. I, you know, I hopped on Raiders Twitter during the game. I heard a lot of people complaining about the lack of blitzing and uh, too much zone coverage and wanted to see more press man coverage. You know, I'm not an X's and O's guy. I have to go back and watch it a second time to, to really get a better idea of that kind of thing. But those of you who are expecting to see a ton of blitzes out of Patrick Graham, he he's not gonna blitz a whole lot. I believe 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 I believ
<laughs> that was okay. a good one, man. Evan, we had your we you sounded like uh like we were at a house party with some uh, EDC music and uh you you were repeating over and over again and I was I was having flashbacks to uh some maybe illicit materials I took in college. So uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get Evan back here in a second, uh, but but Murph, the yeah that was interesting. And on the offensive side too, I, and you make an important point, which is look, it's one game, folks. Okay, so you got to figure these guys will get different uh, and will get better, and we'll kind of get used to their personnel because coaches see the personnel in, in preseason, they see it during camp, and all of that. But at the same time, it's different when you get that real real action and the play you were talking about. Was the was the wide receiver pass option uh, reverse that they threw, and and I forgot who it was, uh, but somebody on Twitter said something to the effect of, "Yeah, oh, I know, it was my good friend Kelly Kreiner who said, yeah, your offensive line is getting destroyed, and you decide to run a a, a slow moving developing play behind that offensive line." Now, I love the creativity on the offense, especially with an athlete, the quality of Devonte Adams. Like I would love to see that play eventually, but at that point it was really questionable, but I think they were just trying to light a spark under that team. I think so too. And that's a great point. They'd be like, yeah, I'm not opposed to those kind of trickeration plays and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. We see them in the NFL all the time, but like, when do we see them? We see the Philly special in the Super Bowl when no one's expecting it. Right. right. You see the, you know what I mean? Or the surprise onside kick, you know, Sean Payton style, whatever. Like you see those kind of things that you just come out of nowhere. You don't expect to see it when you're again, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're struggling already in, in protection. And then, I mean, and, and, and again, I don't know if it was a design flaw. I don't know if something got broken up there. But when, when you got a Derek Carr and a one-on-one with Bosa, oh my yeah, gosh, it's not going to go well. Like, what are we doing there? Like, hey, you want to play matchups? Yeah, not that one. Not that yeah, one. You know and, what I mean? And, <laughs> and it was funny because yeah. the announcers on television was Trent Green and I think Ian Eagle. Uh, and, and they said, yeah, Carr had the block on it. He, he just barely made contact with him. And then Grant, Trent Green says, actually, not really made contact with him. And who would blame him? You don't want your starting quarterback taking on Joey Bosa. I mean, who? I, yeah, it was. It was. There was confusion. But again, that's so. When people were talking about, for example, Carr's performance tonight, they were talking about system. That's an example of the system in the play just kind of blowing up because they hadn't done it in live action before, uh, real live action. And so you're like, okay, it happened. You know, oh well. It looks good. Eventually, they'll they'll get it down and they'll have the right cadence to make it work, perhaps. Uh, but at the same time, it's 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 only one game, and I think that's the key. But overall, for me, um, I was happy. I, I the, the the defense stuck out to me more than what I saw on offense. And a, a lot of people were asking, well, why did he target Adams so much? Why didn't they call more plays to Renfro? Why didn't they call? Listen, Derek has the option to go where he sees fit during those plays. It's not like they say, okay, you have to go to this receiver. That might be the initial receiver, but if he sees Devontae Adams in the open field, what are you going to do? You're going to go to the best wide receiver in football. All due respect to Hunter Renfro, who we all think is stellar, but at the same time, I think you're, you're looking at it differently, and he is going to target. And yeah, he's got to spread it around a little more, and I think he will, but I think overall, Murph, that showed a little bit that Carr just wasn't that comfortable today. He just wasn't. Yeah, do you th- and let me ask you, Scott. Yeah. So, do, is that a result of 
lack of play in the pre. I mean, we saw a lot of sloppy football today. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you just, sure. when you, especially if you watch the morning games, yep. I mean, there was a lot of goofiness going on out there. Uh, you know, the Bengals got, got, you know, trashed by the Steelers and try uh, to talk about it at the, uh, at the offensive line and like, but so many turnovers and just, mm-hmm. just sloppy football today. And a lot of the kind of the common theme, you know, and I watched the red zone channel for the earlier games before we get to the Raiders and kind of the common theme from all these different games were that, you know, this is what happens when you don't play in the preseason but then at the same time, and here's where I ask you this question, the yeah. same time, but that's why coaches now have all these joint practices because effectively right. you have the preseason game, but you're in a controlled environment where they're thumping each other. It's not full contact, so you don't have to risk, you know, Derek Carr getting hurt or whatever else. So do you think that that is that what we saw today? Was it just a lack of comfortability because they just haven't been playing in live fire? I, th- I think it is a little bit. I mean, listen, um, I, I'm not advocating for them to play in preseason games. In fact, I was bummed that the collective bargaining agreement didn't get rid of them. I knew they wouldn't get rid of them, obviously, because of the money to the owners. Because after they all, that's what the NFL yeah. wants is the money. And so I get it. But at the same time, it's just a slippery slope. I see the positives of saying, hey, if Derek Carr just played a couple series, you know, the last two preseason games, one series, another series. But do I really think that would make a difference? No. But I, I agree with you. I think that overall in the NFL, we see teams hit week one not as well prepared for full live action as we did before the money got so big that they had to stop doing that and hold these guys back. Because when you start investing the kind of money you have in Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and Max Crosby, you don't want them out there because if he blows out a knee in the first preseason game, guess what? It can change the whole scope of your season. Now, yes, that could still happen in week one, but I do think you see that as sloppiness because an NFL game, a regular season game, the timing the speed in which the play goes, the force in which the guys hit, it's just on a different level than it is in the preseason. And so everybody takes time to acclimate. Some teams seem to adapt more quickly, but the Raiders, two new systems, offense, defense, new coach, new players, all that stuff, I don't think it benefited them not to be able to at least get some play, but I wouldn't advocate for them to do it again. Yeah, and, and so in the chat there, uh, it's at Amesis, I believe is the name. Yeah. He says yeah. Herbert played zero snaps in the preseason too. Yeah. Well, and that's, and I think that's a fair point, but Herbert's playing in a system that he's familiar with already that, that, that's already established with, with, with Staley and, and is already, and, and I think the chargers are one of the, the, the few teams in the NFL. Like, I mean, they're returning so many people from prior year. You look at this, this Raider team. I mean, it's a revamp and it's not a rebuild. It's, it's more no. of a reboot, I would say, but right. I think that that's a, you know, it's, it, he, he makes a fair point, but I think Scott makes a great point and is that, you know, this, it's all new for the Raiders. It's new yeah. for Derek Carr. It's new verbiage. It's new. You know, one of, one of our good friends that, that joined us on our show is uh, we call him QB Jeff. He's a, uh, mm-hmm. he, he's the all-time passing leader at Alameda high school, played at Laney college nice. in Oakland and, and, and played for the MTSU blue Raiders and whatnot. Anyway. So he, he, and he talks about that, the complexity of these offenses and the idea that Derek Carr has to pick up all this new verbiage all the time. It's a pain in the ass. Like it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy overcomable thing. So when you have a guy like Herbert who is already in the system from a prior year, it's an advantage. So I don't think that that's an apples to apples. I think I appreciate the comment in the chat, but I don't know if that's apples to apples. I think Scott's more dead on with that idea that like, it's not only the lack of reps, it's a lack of reps in this new thing. Yeah, and and there's some people in the chat saying, oh, no more excuses. And actually, I'm one who agrees with no excuses. I don't think that is an excuse. I think, to your point, and you said it, there's an advantage, okay? You're not excusing it. You're saying there's just an advantage, okay? And that is 
that is something that I believe to be real. I also want to shout out our good friend, uh, Just Win Wendy, who said, I don't agree with most of the comments above because we're getting a bunch of folks who are, who are obviously upset, mostly because it's the first effing game, people. <laughs> <laughs> and Tay had 141 yards because um, a lot of people are saying it's not working. And I agree. You cannot go. I'm sorry, folks. Look, I know there were some performances that you would like to forget, but you cannot say it's not working after one game. I mean, let's go. You have to. In fact, and, I, and I've heard it on your show, too, Murph. Um, by the way, go subscribe to Murph's Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube. Uh, and And that is, look. You're going to have a feeling out period. It's going to take a few weeks. Every new head coach, it's why if you look at the record of a new head coach in the NFL in the first season, especially the first four or five weeks of the season. Now, is there, they, they struggle a little bit. Now, is there examples of new coaches that go 3-0? I mean, look what happened with uh, McDaniel in Dol- and with the Dolphins today playing a, a really bad Patriots team, by the way, the, the offense. I know Raider fans will love that. Um, but I think it, it does take time. And so if after three weeks they look like this, okay, then I could say you could ramp up your concern a little more. But I said it and Mo said it over the summer and everything that, look, when they get to the regular season, and this is why we talk so much about the schedule, it's going to be tough. And so their feeling out period, they have a little bit of a tough schedule. So if they can come out of that schedule above 500 or around 500, they should be okay. And I still believe that. So, so make sure you look at your sample size. I just can't believe people already saying it's not working when you're talking about one game. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 and uh, shout out Wendy there in the chat, got to watch the game there. And uh, well, was it when I joined you last time, it was the yeah. last preseason game and saw Wendy there at the game. And so I was good to see her. Um, yeah, man, I'm with you. So it's like, you know, so we, we got the Cardinals coming up. So we got a first home game, right. And then we're going to go on the road uh, at Tennessee Titans. And, uh, and so that's going to be like, so if after that sample size, I'm with you. And at that point, it's still a problem then it's a problem because those are winnable games, right? We saw the Titans lose today. I mentioned the Cardinals got absolutely destroyed earlier today. So the next two games are very winnable games. So if we mm-hmm. show up in those two games, like we showed up today against the Chargers, who are our arch rival, we're playing an effective home game. It's indoors, the whole nine yards. If then we turn into the, the, then I'm with you, Raider Nation. Then we can just say the Raiders have relieved us of expectation and the burden of it. <laughs> For the rest of the season and it's all over and we'll just look forward to the food and hanging out with our friends and family on Sundays. But um, but until then, I'm gonna I'm gonna have faith, man, that we're gonna get this thing together because I'm with you, Scott. There was there's so much and I I have I pro and people call me a bootlicker and they say, Oh, you're just a <laughs> optimist and you're this and you're an apologist and all that. I just got I, there's nothing wrong with having faith because without faith, without hope, there's nothing left but despair. I'm not going to go into the next 16 games in despair. So until this thing is freaking really over, like yeah. I'm going to trust in it. I'm going to be a fan of the Raiders and I'm going to trust that they're going to get this thing figured out because what else are you going to do? Right. Just turn off the TV then watch Star Wars instead. Like, well, I don't and, and, and with that, with all due respect to the folks in the chat, um, Man, I wouldn't be so negative so fast. I'm not saying be happy with what happened today. That nobody's happy with a Raiders loss. But from my perspective, covering it objectively, you know, yeah, there were some things that I would be concerned about and I'll write about in my column up on Sports Not this week, but it's not going to be the sky is falling. But I think Raider Nation, um, Murph, is so preconditioned to the wheels falling off every year that even in week one, they're just like, okay. 
you know, I'm not Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football anymore. I'm not going to be fooled into saying, okay, here I go. I'm going to kick the football and they pull it out from under me. But again, give it a few weeks. Okay. I'm not saying you're going to be happy if they start 0 and 2 or if they start 1 and 1 and 2 or 3 and 2, whatever it may be. But you got to give it some time. And to your point, you, and you do this so well, which is, what other choice? You can be negative, you can be positive, or you could actually kind of just be, how about carefully optimistic? Say, you know what, I'm concerned with the offensive line, but I did see these things that are good. And that's what we try to do on the postgame show is kind of give a balanced look at it uh, before we get into some hardcore uh, analysis of the game when we rewatch it on Tuesday. But um, that's it, Murph. I mean, it's it's got to be something where people just say, look, this is going to be a work in progress. Uh, you're coming off a tumultuous year where everything changed. And change is hard sometimes. They have better talent. We know that uh, it just needs to perform on the field. Yeah, and you know, and I, I and I've been around the sun enough times to have seen this team go two and fourteen, and and seen some really you know really awful things, and Tom Walsh and his bed and breakfast offense, and all these other garbage <laughs> things that have happened with it, you know. But listen, Raider Nation, the days of Al Davis and a projector and Lane Kiffin are long over. So like those things, like like let's not let's not be a victim to the to the previous versions of the Raiders. Let's let this version of the Raiders inform itself. Let's not let those those past versions of it inform our present. And 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 I say that because. Look, I know we lost today and I know we lost to a division rival and I know it sucks, but like, let's not let that dictate our expectation because there are too many quality people now running this organization and not that Al Davis wasn't quality. I'm not, but you know, look at in the latter days of Al Davis, it was questionable. Some of the things that went on around the organization, it was questionable. Some of the things that went on, you know, not too far after, after his passing and whatnot, Mm -hmm. there has been a lot of questionable eras in terms of, leadership and and the way that the function of the organization the health of the organization now we are like at the top of that list the raiders are one of the most wealthiest teams in the nfl we've got an amazing new president which i was glad to see them highlight today and sandra douglas morgan like we've got a legit gm we've got a legit head coach we've got i mean so many great things going on with our front office that those things eventually will take root in the performance on the field it didn't happen in the way we all wanted it to happen week one, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Like, let's let this thing freaking play out. And honestly, Scott, and I'll, and I'll, I'll throw this out there. Look, I know Raider nation is like, well, when's it going to be our turn? When are we going to win? What is, you know, like right. and, and enough people that are younger than, than I am will listen to our show and they'll be like, well, that's great Murph that you had those days in the seventies and the eighties and all that stuff. But when is it going to be our turn of it? Mm-hmm. Well, look, it may not be this year, but I promise you this. For someone that's viewed this team as a fan for all these freaking years, and if you could just go back and look through the history of this team, we are setting ourselves up for incredible success for a long term. Like, this thing is not all about right now. We didn't get Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to win a Super Bowl this year and then cash out. We're building something for the future here. That's why they signed all these guys, the core players of this offense and and on our defense. We've signed these guys to these long-term. This is going to be like a five-year run here. Right. And unless some, you know, Ziggler and McDaniels fire off some illicit emails, we're going to be in this thing for a minute. So let's just hang in there, have yep. faith in this thing, and watch it play out. And I think we're going to be okay. See, that's why we have you on, Murph. You're you're a fan who's who's as passionate as anybody else in Raider Nation. Uh, but you 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 balance out your feelings, and I'm sure there's times when you're. Some of that stuff there in the in the fan cave is being thrown around the room. <laughs> but 
but you're able to calm yourself and talk about it logically because you're right. You can, you can wake up every day and be negative or you can wake up and be positive. Uh, and hopefully Raider fans will have more to be positive about this year than before. Also, I want to note too, real quick, as we, as we wrap up the show tonight, which is the chargers. Listen, everybody needs a division game, right? The AFC West is going to be a knockdown drag out, but the chargers had to win this game today. We talked about it this week. They have to go to Kansas City on a short week in Arrowhead, which I don't think they have any chance of winning. So they would have started 0-2 in the, in the division uh, as well, and I think they had to have it. And so it showed a little bit. I thought they had a little bit juice, more juice than the Raiders did too, as, as well as just kind of energy, especially at key moments. But that'll change too. It's just, you know, it's, it's different playing at home and playing on the road, especially when you're at home and it's all full of Raider fans. Um, you kind of have to <laughs> overcome that a little bit, uh, but it'll be interesting. But I, all I know is that listen to Murph. You can you can complain all you want, and and I hear I'm hearing I'm seeing a lot of yep yep I'm seeing a lot of Derek Carr stuff on the chat, of course, and uh, that'll take care of itself. I really believe that, and uh, we'll see a better player in week two. Murph, I want to thank you again, man, for joining us. Let everybody know where to find you and what you got going, because I know you're doing some great charity work uh, with the one. Uh, fan, the One Foundation, correct? Yeah, the One Nation Foundation. One Nation, yeah, I appreciate thank you. That. I forgot the word. Yeah, so, wow, that's cool. So when we figured out we could make money with our podcast, Raiders Fan Radio, uh, we decided to start our own nonprofit. We call it the One Nation Foundation. And 100% of the money that we raise, we give it to Raiders-related charities uh, like the Bolitnikoff Foundation. Uh, right now, we're on track to write the Bolitnikoffs a check for $8,000 for their wow. foundation at the end of the year. Uh, to the uh, at their at their annual crab fest, and so uh, so and one hundred percent of that money comes from uh, d- direct donations to our show, merchandise sales, any advertising opportunities that we get, and so uh, so we just say that you know we appreciate all the donations, but even if you can't donate, just support the show, just just like you know just like you you do here for Silver and Black today, hit the thumbs up, hit the like, hit the subscribe, tweet it, tell all your friends um, because any of the advertising opportunities that we get, we put that money directly into the foundation as well, and. Uh, and again, we're supporting all Raiders-related charities. We've supported the Stabler XO Foundation. We supported Allison King, uh, Kenny King's mom, when she uh, w- was fighting through her cancer battle. Uh, we've, I mean, it, it's there's been a handful of of numerous charities. But again, the Boletnikoff is kind of like our main target uh, every year. And so, yes, yeah, so we appreciate you. So if you could just help us do that, um, just coming up here on the 21st, if, if I could just shout one one yes. thing out uh, on the 21st, we're doing a giveaway of a of a signed. Um, uh, well, here, I'll just show you the good folks at, uh, at Woodson whiskey, shout out Woodson oh, whiskey, nice. autographed hall of fame football here from Charles Woodson. Wow. And we're going to be auctioning this thing off, uh, really, really a raffle, uh, on our show on the 21st. So check out youtube.com slash Raiders fan radio. We're giving that thing away. And then that, uh, then that Sunday before the game, if any of you were coming to Tennessee, uh, to watch the Raiders take on the Titans, we're doing a joint tailgate with the busting with the boys guys. And, uh, and that's going to be at acne feed and seed starting at 10 AM, uh, before the game. And you can, uh, you can hang out with us and drink till 1145 walk across the bridge and be in your seats before kickoff. <laughs> you got to like that. That sounds like a blast. And not only that, again, Murph and the team do so much to help out in the Raider Nation community, and it's remarkable. So, man, we appreciate that. I'm glad we could give you some more time. But go over there, subscribe, and you'll get all the information. Murph will send me the links. I'll post it in our video as well so you guys can get there. Murph, we'll talk to you next week, my man. All right, you're awesome, Scott. Thank you so very, very much. Go Raiders. Yeah.
All right, there you go. There is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, as always, we have him on the post-game show. Great time, and I love getting the voice of the fan out there. And thank you guys all for being on the on the chat, too, in YouTube, as usual. Uh, good stuff in there. I don't always agree with you. You don't always agree with me, and that's cool. Uh, that's what we're here to do, and we love you uh, subscribing to the podcast. So please do that for us. We are uh, on every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday post-game. So Tuesday, Thursday, we dropped a special episode on the Waller contract. If you haven't downloaded that or listened to it yet from Saturday, check it out uh, with some comments from Mo and I. Mo will be back on Tuesday. He was full of assignments today, so couldn't make the postgame show. But he's back every week, and he is my co-host. So please join us there, as always, on the Odyssey Original Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And we thank you so much for your support. For Evan Grote, we want to thank him for being with us as well. You can check him out on the Just Pod Baby podcast. And for Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, I'm Scott Colbranson. Thanks for joining us, Raider Nation. We'll talk to you next time.